What is going on, everyone? I am Mike. Welcome to the Network Podcast, where we talk about Apple news and rumors. Today, we're talking about Apple's first quarter 2021 results. We're talking about Dan Riccio, the new job that he has, and about these rumors regarding a MacBook Pro that are just getting me infuriated. Holden, how are we doing today? Doing fantastic. Glad to be here. We got a lot of stuff to talk about. It's going to be a good one. We do have a lot to talk about, Holden. And, you know, today's Wednesday, the 27th. Apple just announced their quarterly earnings for what is their first quarter, 2020, which ends in Dece- at the end of December. And really, they had a, a phenomenal, uh, phenomenal f- uh, first quarter, 2020. So they're talking about $111 billion, <laughs> $111 dollars in total revenue that quarter. And I think what's really kind of interesting is just the amount of growth that they were talking about within the Mac, uh, within the iPhone, and uh, within the iPad. Excuse me. So uh, they had 65, almost $66 billion in iPhone sales in a quarter. That is a whole lot of iPhones, Holden. I don't know about you, but that is actually ridiculous. Uh, it is. And you don't yeah. realize how dominant iPhone is in their in their market until you look at these financial reports. It's more than every other category combined, and then a lot more. <laughs> like they have, it's it's incredible. Yeah, I mean, just like doing simple math, right? Like sixty five million out of a hundred, uh, you know, hundred eleven million is, I mean, it's it's almost sixty percent or sixty two uh, percent. Like that's a yeah. lot of money because you have so much invested into this single product. Uh, I mean, traditionally speaking, when you think about that. Uh, but still, like they grew by ten billion dollars in you know year over year, which is kind of crazy. You think about that many people, um, you know, buying into iPhones, you know, not just for the first time, but you know, continually year over year, the cust- the kind of customer satisfaction that they have with those mm-hmm. products. You know, it's I think it's kind of weird. Maybe you know, you probably have your own thoughts. You know, they don't necessarily talk about how many you know how many numbers they sold. They don't talk about you know I sold you know. Uh, you know, a million iPhone 11s, you know, whatever the case is. They don't break down to that level. But still, you know, if we're looking at the total number of uh, growth in, you know, even the Mac saw a lot of growth, over a billion dollars in growth in the, uh, sorry, $1.6 billion in growth uh, in the Mac. Great growth in the iPad, almost $3 billion. I mean, yeah. like you, if you look at these products, like you think about almost everything that, you know, that drove growth was released in the fourth quarter of you know, 2020. You have the iPhone uh, 12, 12 Pro and the 12, which were both released, you know, four weeks after the quarter started. You have the 12 Mini and the 12 Pro Max, which released like almost, I think, two or eight weeks after the quarter started. Uh, then they have a they have a new iPad Air, but I guess that wasn't released in that fourth quarter, if I'm not mistaken. That was released no, earlier. I think it was. was. It? I think it, yeah, it was. Yeah. Okay. Pretty confident. Uh, I'm gonna look it up, but I just, just uh, sure. new Apple. Sure. Oh yeah, you're right. Because I guess it's it's October, November, and December. Yeah, yeah. I, you're, I guess you're right. Uh, new wearables, right? New Apple Watch, new uh, AirPods Max. So, I mean, the amount of growth that they've seen just just year over year, 10, 11, I mean, obviously it's 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 21% of growth year over year. I guess it really just to say a lot about where they see their customers, excuse me, uh, where they see their customers and how how much their customers value their products and services Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, your thoughts? Yeah, I think that the the big standout for me that really surprised me is just how much iPads grew. It's, yeah. It was their biggest growth by quite a bit. Uh, I think they hit f- about just over forty percent growth 
The next highest, I think, was services, and services saw 30%. So it's like a 10% difference in the growth between services and and iPad, which, I mean, it's not that I'm surprised because I think they released good iPads this year, but um, for a category that isn't necessarily their most dominant category, I didn't mm-hmm. expect to see that much growth in that. I kind of, I think people kind of view as like iPads have plateaued, and I think this says something very, very different. Something I hadn't considered, but I was, I was talking to someone before we record, and they pointed out that they know so many people who bought iPads this year just because of uh, COVID and doing more Zoom calls and more video chatting as a result that they wanted an iPad to facilitate those that communication. So like that actually kind of makes sense. But this is specifically in the fourth quarter. And I think this also points to just a lot of interest in iPad Air 4 being a new form factor. Maybe this is just a super cycle like we saw with like iPhone 6 or something like that. Uh, maybe this is a super cycle where people were kind of waiting out for a non-pro iPad to have the full screen display, mm. and now it does. So I mean, there's probably a lot of factors involved into why there was such huge growth in, in iPad. But, wow, I mean, just really impressive. Really impressive. Yeah, I mean, you're right. I, I didn't even consider about that. You know, many people are completely stuck at home during this point in time, and the only way to not only, you know, um, communicate with loved ones, right? Is through some type of you know, Skype, uh, FaceTime, Zoom calls, but also people they're you know, being more um, uh, being more accustomed to and being in, like fully integrated to taking calls as a regular part of everyone's life now. People are doing that where they haven't done that before. Like I think I've, I've FaceTimed with my family more uh, in the past twelve months, not just because I moved, but I think because mm-hmm. of uh, because of obviously what's going on in the world. And that's a really good point. I actually didn't even consider that, or that really didn't even go into my thinking. Uh, but still, like, I would think that all that same uh, that same thought process would apply to uh, you know maybe getting an Apple Watch or updating your Apple Watch because I have this time now. I can dedicate time or uh, you know carve out time to fitness where I didn't have it before. Uh, yeah. and that, that's probably a, a good thinking there too. And the services, right? People got more time to watch movies, to play games, to to do other things. The um, the one thing I heard. The, the CFO, Luca, is it Maestrati or Mastrati? I'm not, I'm, I don't want to butcher his name, but uh, say- He'll be so that mad at you. He, yeah, he's he's going to listen. He's a regular. I mean, let's let's be honest. Luca, I'm sorry if you know when you're listening <laughs> to this, I don't, I don't mean to, uh, to offend you, uh, that because of the Chinese, I think it was the Chinese New Year, they typically see a surge in downloads, which translates into App Store revenue because uh, shortly before that, the uh, there was a lockdown put in place in China and in the adjacent countries- that they saw people spending more time at home and that the uh, the amount of revenue that they were doing, people were playing more games, it kind of uh, it increased during that time frame when they locked down during that Chinese New Year. So I thought that was interesting mm-hmm. how they find these cause and effects and they pull these threads out uh, during the uh, during the call. I mean, so overall, growth across the board, I, one that surprised me, still a lot of growth, so like they're doing well there. I, I had assumed that the Max would see this big push and growth as well because of the whole new lineup of chips in their computers and they did see i mean they saw like i think it was like 20 percent growth is what i calculated or something like that but Mm -hmm. um not as much as i thought which surprised me um 
I kind of expected there to be like a big like finally the new M series chips are out and there's just a huge rush to get these things. And I felt like I had seen that in the ship times for the Max that there was a a lot of demand. So good growth still obviously good growth growth they should be very proud of like i'm not bad mouthing by any means but i guess i'm surprised that like ipad was above mac growth by about 20 percent. that just really really surprised me because I, I feel like when us tech nerds look back at the year the mac is the big deal yeah so i think that you could think about that two different ways and i think the first way you could think about it is they underestimated the popularity of what the M like how well it was going to be received and which led to uh, possibly supply chain shortages on their side. So it, that's why the, the delivery cycle was, or the, uh, the time to get the product shipped to you was so long. Um, and maybe that the parts for that go into the iPad versus the, um, excuse me, the parts that go into the iPad versus the parts that go into the, you know, the Mac mini, the Mac, uh, sorry, the Mac mini, the MacBook pro, uh, are maybe much more available, much more readily available because they're using those parts from previous generation iPads, like from the iPad Pro. So there's a little bit of reuse where maybe the parts that are going into the uh, like the motherboard um, are brand new to the MacBook Pro, the Mac Mini, uh, the MacBook Air, and that's what maybe it's causing that. Which So when you have those supply chain shortages, you can't sell them as quickly or if you sell it, you have to wait a period of time before you can recognize that revenue because it doesn't get delivered. And that led to maybe lower than expected. But that's a really good point. I mean, the the M1 Mac was like the year's biggest hit. I, I would say that for most people it is. Um, and maybe the thing to think about is, uh, where's the number here? It was like 7 million versus 6 million or is it 8 million versus 7 million? Or not million, but billion. The Mac sales? Yeah. So it was... It was eight, um, yeah, last six. year was five point nine seven seven um, billion dollars, and this year was eight point four three five billion dollars. So, that, oh, so that that, iPad? that was iPad. Sorry. Um, yeah, eight point six. That was iPad. Sorry, about. Mac was seven point one six. Um, Mac was eight point six seven five. So, I mean, maybe the uh, maybe the, the way that you it could also be like a, a possible explanation is that. Many people bought the M1 Mac Mini, and the M1 Mac Mini has a lower average selling price. So even though they had a very good success with it, the number of units they sold would have increased, but the average selling price, uh, and um, because it's so low, it didn't contribute that much to the to the increase of the Mac. Does that make sense? Yeah, whereas, yeah, whereas iPad Air had a slight increase in its price, which yeah. would have increased. And if there was a higher demand for that product, it would have upped um, the average price, um, the um the average um, yeah. sold, yeah. Um, the average revenue sold. Um, yeah, I think it's actually, I hadn't thought about that with the motherboard because you're right. Because like at first thinking, well, the chassis is the same, but they might have had to re- rework that motherboard to get these M chips to work the way they wanted to. Like we don't really know what was involved in that. They generally don't talk about that kind of stuff very openly. Yeah. So um, yeah, that absolutely could be a factor as well. I mean, overall, this was a... F- I almost cursed. Uh, this is a landmark year. Like this is definitely a huge jump up, and it just kind of goes to show that some companies very much hurt by COVID. Other companies seem to have benefited from COVID. Not that yeah, it's not so much from COVID, but like you know what I mean. It just uh, is what it is. Yeah, even the, like their services revenue up three billion dollars. Yeah, uh, over the over the course, and like that's a combination of what games, Apple Pay. Um, uh, revenue from the not from the app store uh, from 
uh, the iTunes store uh, mm-hmm. and any of the other services that they sell. So like people buying into Apple Arcade, Apple One, that's, that's a lot of money. And like the billion dollars or $8 billion a year that Google gives Apple to be the default search engine. There's also that in there too. Oh yeah, you're right. I always forget about that, but it sneaks up on me sometimes. Um, and also with services, too, something to keep in mind, I don't know how much revenue they're actually bringing in on Apple TV Plus because they've given it out for free. Yeah. In, like, jeez, for, like, over a year now. And it'll if you be buy like, an Apple product, you get yeah. a free year of Apple TV Plus. Like, how much money are they actually making on that service? And it'll be... Till July, I think is like the last time I saw that it's th- it's free through. Yeah, yeah. Well, they're not really releasing a lot of content, so right now, although Servant did come back, and I'm happy about that. I've never watched Servant. Is it good? Yeah, it's just really weird. <laughs> it's really weird. Is it it's the M Night Shyamalan one? Yeah, I think he was one of the producers and kind of re- like helped with the story or something like that. It's but yeah, it definitely has that vibe to it. I'm looking for that. They had the category. They had research and development, and they, it was a there was an increase in R and D spending uh, year over year. I'm just trying to find the page I inside of. Where, where, what page is that to? Uh, first page. It's actually towards the top. It's there's like net sales, cost sales, then operating expense, expenses, and then research and development's right underneath that. Um, they went from four point um, four billion dollars to five point oh. one billion dollars. Yeah, so not necessarily a, a big increase in the in the amount of money sold, or sorry, the amount of money that being put into R and D. And the reason why we're asking this, or at least bringing it up uh, tangentially, is because usually this is a leading or a trailing indicator of how Apple's spending their money for future products. So yeah. I, I, that, that's interesting. Um, I'd have to look and see where it was previous um, quarters, but that's still good to know. Um, yeah, I mean, just a, I think just. So to boil it down, wow. That's the way of thinking about it. Wow. <laughs> they they sold a shit ton, pardon my French, a real big or a real lot of iPhones, iPads, and Macs this past quarter. A lot. I don't and speak I, French, but I feel like I got what you were saying. Yeah. Like if you look still on page one, the, uh, the amount of uh, net sales by reportable segment, Greater China, it was almost a nine- Bill, or sorry, $8 billion increase. Wow. That's a lot. I wonder what that is because when I, I was doing this, a lot of research on Stadia oh, um, earlier this year, and okay. one of the things that surprised me is that Apple is like not even close to the top of the best-selling phones in China, like not even remotely close. Yeah. Um, so, so that's what a I, huge gain. I wonder where that's coming from. If you, I think what it, it, what might be part of it is last year, if you remember, um, they had this kind of like tit for tat going on with China, where the Chinese were only promoting their own brands, and they were like, they weren't saying that Apple was banned or they couldn't sell their products, but basically internal to China, uh, there were a lot of pressures from like owners of company and government saying you must, you know, you should use Huawei or ZTE or these other brands that they have, to, uh, and uh, I think that was probably uh, the case where we, I don't know if they, so they sell, I'm looking for like sell through numbers and uh, per region, but I guess they don't have that in there. Um, they, they, could be, they could be the one thing. I, I don't know. I'm looking it up right now because I'm really curious. Um, 
there's a site called Stat Counter, and I think they use. Um, I don't know if they look at sales or if they look at um, browser usage to determine other statistics, but I found them very consistent just because you can look across pretty much any country. Yeah. Um, I gotta edit the chart data because I gotta like make it in the bar graph. I find that easier to look at. Um, mm. Okay, view chart. Sorry, it's taking a little longer than I thought. Um, oh no, Apple is actually really big. I don't know why I said that. There, what country was it then that it was like Apple is even close to the top? Maybe it was India. Um, yeah, eight, they have eighteen percent my market share for the past year, and then t- um, Hawaii has twenty nine percent. This is going to bug me. I need to know, is it India? It must have been India. So as individuals and the economy goes through this growth spurt, people then have more money to buy, uh, quote unquote, like uh, products and services that are not necessarily, um, that are maybe more expensive is the way of thinking about it. So you've seen that probably in the past, you know, eight or 10 years from Apple in China. Uh, But I don't, I, I didn't think that they were still that relatively that big in China, like they are in the U.S., like they're not big in Europe, um, and I think a lot of that has to do with the, there's not that many people that can afford their type of products. Yeah, um, they definitely don't do as well in India for sure. I'm not looking at that right now, and it's um, uh, Xiaomi. Is it Xiaomi? Xiaomi. Xiaomi. Um, Xiaomi. Xiaomi. Samsung. Oppo. Mobicell. Realme, and then Apple at number six. Apple has 3.15% market share for the past year in India. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Hmm. Wow. Yeah, that is interesting. So gangbusters, they sold iPhones like it was going out of style. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, really? They're selling as many iPhones as they could possibly ship within a period of time. That's it is crazy. crazy that they made $65 billion off of one product in three months. <laughs> That's just insane. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and like if, you th- if still on page one of this document, if you look at their, um, sorry, if you look at their, uh, their, where is it at? Their um, uh, operating margin, or sorry, their margin, it's like 38%. Like that's wow. Where is that at here? Uh, so you have gross margin. Uh, so gross margin is at the very top of the first page. They're, they have uh, the margin other other places. Uh, net income, no. Anyways, uh, it's it's still they, they've got a pretty good racket going. That is, <laughs> yeah. that is for sure. Absolutely, pretty good racket. I'm trying to find it right now, but I don't see it either. Yeah. So hey, good for them. Good for them. Yeah, so I, I thought that was uh, very interesting how much they're selling it in there. Uh, hold on one second. This is 23. Just... Uh, anything else that we want to add to uh, Apple basically printing money? Tim Cook printing money. He's like this. <laughs> I, don't, I think we've broken down like, the entire document almost. Yeah. Now, j- just for... Yeah, we did. Just for the uh, sake of argument, neither Holden or I are financial advisors, so should not take our advice. 
<laughs> when uh, when parsing this document for yourself, please consult a broker or someone who knows more knowledgeable. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay, cool. Goldman Sachs don't hire us. We don't know what we're talking about. Yeah. Oh, all right. So now that we've beaten to death the uh, Apple earnings, and again, don't take our advice. Uh, let's talk about Dan Riccio. Uh, he was senior vice president of hardware engineering, getting, getting promoted to quote unquote special project, uh, special projects and being replaced by John Turnus as the SVP of hardware engineering. So I think there's a lot of things to unpack here. Uh, one, Apple kind of openly uh, commenting that they have these these things that they're working on, but we're not going to tell you what they are yet, or they're not going to tell you what they are yet uh, as a quote-unquote special project. And um, someone who, I think John Turnus, he, to me, looks relatively young. I don't know if you've ever seen a picture of him. He presented the iPad Pro, uh, the iPad Pro presentations, I think, last year when it was in New York. Uh, relatively young guy, and I think that's cool that they're uh, promoting people who look to be or appear to be younger from uh, within the company. Uh, but Dan Riccio, Dan Riccio, reminds me of like a, a New York Italian name, uh, Dan Riccio, working on a quote-unquote special project. So Apple has a number of different special projects that they're you know, rumored to be working on at any point in time. There's the car, which is, I think they're calling it Titan. They have uh, Apple glasses. There's this Apple AR, uh, sorry, Apple AR glasses. And I think a number of different things. Now, the word on the street is, the word, this is uh, via John Gruber, in uh, in his posting, I think it was today, if I'm not mistaken, um, that that this person, that sorry, that uh, that Dan Riccio is getting work, uh, getting moved to work on a special project, which may be Apple Glasses, and that kind of leads into some other rumors that were posted earlier, uh, sorry, uh, late last week from Bloomberg, from Mark Gurman at Bloomberg, regarding AR glasses. Now, Holden, I don't know about you. But the idea of augmented reality glasses, I don't know. I, like, I'm not sold on what the use case is and, and how it would work. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe, could, maybe I'm just maybe I'm I have vision, uh, limited vision, uh, and I don't mean that like in the in the <laughs> like I have bad eyesight. Um, but <laughs> like the there certainly is value of getting contextual information in a, uh, in a visual format when, you know, whether you're driving, interacting with someone, um, maybe you're, uh, I mean, I think those are the, the context that I could use. Maybe you're getting directions, whether it was walking directions or driving directions. Absolutely. But, yeah. Like, I think that's where it's maybe more, uh, more relevant. But I like, I, I guess, I think there's a lot of things I could see being pulled into the glasses that are maybe like on the iPhone now, like uh, like messaging stickers. Like that was one of the things I thought about the other day. Like, oh, I could see like messaging stickers and just the way that they appear on the on the, in the message app that being pulled into like what you see on a um, on a pair of Apple glasses. But I, I, what what are your thoughts on like where could you see this going? What is the applicability in maybe real world use cases opposed to this kind of perfect world which well, they're working. Whatever I actually want to pull a quote from Tim Cook here. Before I get to that, I'll say that whatever they do with this has to be specifically the AR glasses, not the VR headset. That's there's kind of both are kind of in discussions. But like the AR glasses, the Tim Cook made the point that people wear glasses because they have to. Like yes. no one generally wears glasses because it's 
trendy. It's generally it's trendy, and they have to to see. <laughs> like it's yeah. a combination of those factors. I I wear glasses. I'd much rather not wear glasses. I would rather have sight <laughs> and not yeah. need them. But a watch, um, in terms of wearable technology, a watch is something that you choose to wear, which is why he said Apple went into like uh, on watches because something that you, people want to wear. It's it's not a need; it's a want. And with glasses, they would have to do something spectacular for people to suddenly want to wear glasses as the norm. It would have to be a really big deal. So I trust that if they're going in this direction, they have something in mind that's huge. But I really feel like it would have to be iPhone-level greatness, where iPhone changed the landscape of how people interact with, with technology. And it ushered in all these new services that could not have existed before. A service like Uber could not have existed in the way it does nowadays without the App Store, without having a device in your pocket that's constantly monitoring monitoring your location privately and securely. Um, like none of these, none of those things would have been possible beforehand. And I feel like Apple would have to have those kinds of things in mind as like the next generation. And I don't know. I, I can't imagine what it is. I think you're spot on with directions. Like, I think it'd be a huge benefit to having the blue line that's on the Apple map mm-hmm. literally be on the road and telling you what lane to be in and head off in this direction. Like, I feel like that would be good for car accidents and like that kind of stuff to kind of keep people away from looking at the road and looking or uh, keep them looking at the road as opposed to away from the road. I feel like. That is a good application, but is that a reason that every single person is going to want to get these glasses, or is it a really niche thing? In which case, I don't, I don't know if I would want a really niche product like that. Like, I don't want to see things distracting me. Going back to the whole like Apple Watch is a choice. It's a choice to look at it. I got a text message. I could, I could feel the tap, but I'm in a conversation right now, so I'm not going to look at it. Whereas with this, it's like I got a text message. And I'm talking to you right now, but then I have this bubble popping up in my face, and like, I just don't know how I feel about that as like a as something I would want to have. So they'd have to do something really compelling for them to um, to get me to buy it. Um, a while ago, I had this just like theory of like putting Apple Watch complication type like things in your line of sight so that like if you kind of looked in a certain direction you could see like what the weather was or something like that but i don't think that's groundbreaking enough that people would buy these things that was a long tangent sorry about that no no no, i i like your thought process so i i just bought a pair of glasses um i bought them maybe before the new year and they just came in um because i wear eyeglasses and my vision is is um not spectacular so when I said a few minutes ago, because I lack, I lack a vision, because I, I I do have bad vision, but that's not the point I'm trying to make here. Um, <laughs> so I like wearing glasses from like a fashion perspective. I like I, I like wearing mm-hmm. them, but like I came home and I put them on, and I had to take them off after like 30 minutes because you know I, I had like a a headache from wearing them for just a short period of time because I'm not used to wearing them that often. Yeah. To your point, and into the the quote from Tim Cook was. Unless there's like some kind of like extremely valuable or value add that is being done here, I don't know why someone would go from not wearing glasses to wearing glasses or from wearing one pair of glasses, maybe that they have uh, that are uh, that they either bought maybe 
they're low cost or they, they got through their insurance company to buying a pair of glasses that will probably will not be inexpensive. I, I think that's probably safe to say at this point. Um, I don't know. If, uh, yeah. Anyways. Um, getting directions on your glasses is only good for people who use directions very often, right? Like there's not like a, mm-hmm. like if you, in, in this day and age, when you're not necessarily going, you know, traveling as much, you don't necessarily drive as much, maybe uh, there's, there's not a lot of value there, I think, for, for that. Getting some type of notification when you're with someone in that moment about that person, like, oh, this is Holden, you know, you met him from Daniel, you guys have been talking for this long here, previous conversations, like that is very valuable. But I don't know if the, um, if that foundational layer of interactions is all kind of pulled together in iOS as it stands today. It sounds like based on what I read in the articles from Bloomberg, that this is something, the AR glasses, something that they want to launch in the next, I think it was this year, and then VR in the next two years, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I don't know. Like, I just, I think there's many more things for, that need to be, like, there's many more kind of, there's uh, many more things that need to go out before this gets in a tangible product. But hey, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. We'll we'll have to see. Um, and, and to to play devil's advocate for for a moment, I don't what I'm about to say. I don't necessarily believe in, but I just, I think it's an interesting enough idea that I want to throw it out there. Is that this could be the thing that kills the iPhone in the sense that if you had this thing that augments reality, and you you could literally at that point put the smartphone interface in in your hand, but it's augmented. It's not really there. And you can interact with it like you would your iPhone, and it kind of replaces your iPhone because it's just this thing you're wearing on your head that you look and you see and you interact with. But I don't even think that would be useful because I like having the physical product to hold. I like being able mm-hmm. to tuck it away in my pocket. I like the tangibility of swiping through the screen. I think all that's too beneficial. And then, although that could just be pulling a. Um, uh, which is a Steve Ballmer, no keyboard, an enterprise device for $700. No one's going to buy that. Um, it could be one of those things. Who knows? Um, but I, on the other side of that too, though, and to kind of play more to what I actually believe, um, if like we talked a, a few weeks ago about the automated cars and how that's mm-hmm. going to be kind of taking over. Well, if we're just sitting in our cars, not really needing to get directions because the car is doing its own way, I don't really need to have the augmented reality telling me what lane to be in. Like that's a that's yeah. a, a problem that is solved for the next few years, not the indefinite future. Where like iPhone is something that's basically it feels like it's here for the indefinite future. Um, hmm. So yeah, I just I don't know. I'm I'm very curious the utility is. But the thing is, I trust Apple enough to see what they're going to do with it. So we'll see. Oh, um, cost another thing I wanted to mention too. Apple, I know you can get frames for pretty cheap if you were not going for style or anything like that. If you just wanted functional frames just to wear because you need glasses on the cheap, yeah. you can get very cheap frames. Apple's not going to do that. They're going to make yeah. the best looking frames that are super stylish. And maybe there's an Apple Watch component to it too where it's variable and you can make it look however you want because everyone has a different style, which I think seems likely given how they handled the Apple Watch. Um, really good frames that are stylish and like Ray-Bans kind of things, they could be hundreds and hundreds of dollars before you even get to putting a computer chip and putting battery and putting uh, um, any sort of receivers inside of it, like networking receivers, that kind of thing. Like, it's a lot. It's, it's a, that, these things would cost an unbelievable amount of money as well. 
which again puts it into that niche category of I don't see people spending over a thousand dollars for a pair of glasses. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. Um, like most of the time, even though like if you're fortunate enough to have you know vision insurance, you buy glasses, and if, if there are glasses like that are expensive or they're fashionable, they still end costing you you know uh, a good amount of money. Yeah, especially if you have a bad prescription like I do. Now I don't know if I've ever showed you these. These are the Amazon glasses. No, gonna, I didn't even know and, Amazon made glasses. Uh huh. Yeah. See, no, I got you. All right, I got you. Um, <laughs> these are the Amazon glasses. I'm. I wasn't kidding when I said this, but these are the Amazon glasses. They're called the Echo Frames. And I've had these for about maybe since like September, and I've I wear them on occasion. They're they're non prescription. I, I don't know if you can see this, but the see how thick the arms are. Yeah, they're like, huge. I, I noticed it immediately. Yeah, so they don't last very long. Um, what are they? What's the utility? Battery. What do they do? Well, so you can call Alexa, which is kind of cool if you okay. live in that world. Um, what is really cool, I think um, they have this, they have speakers. And so when you are listening to music, it sounds like the person is directly in your ear. It's like amazing because obviously there's no speakers. Uh, sorry, there's no uh, nothing that goes into your ear. They basically just sit on your ear. It's kind of like bone conduction. Mm -hmm. uh, it is very cool, but they might last two or three hours. So to your point where you're thinking about, you know, Apple is not going to do anything that is uh, trivial. They're, they're going to make the mark, right? And they're going to do that by some combination of hardware, software, and services being tied up into an object like this. Well, if it's going to replace the iPhone, maybe that maybe that will be the, uh, you know, the off the bat, this is what we're going to do, or maybe that's the uh, ends that justify the means. But there's still a lot of, engineering feats that they need to accomplish, which maybe that's why Dan Riccio is there because he's the engineering man, uh, in order to get there, right? They have the batteries, they have uh, the processors. So I think it's it's super interesting where this could go. I don't know if this is the value, you know, I, I just, I don't know if this is the, uh, th this is the final form factor. Like I, what is interesting, what mm -hmm. you just said was uh, about, you know, maybe the iPhone goes away. And maybe the iPhone does go away because I don't think the final form of a phone is a sheet of glass, like a slab, right? Like it, I've never uh, understood that, yeah. Well, like you think about like how phones have, they went from like bricks, they went to, uh, from bricks, they went to flip phones and now they're like sheets of glass because you interact with the, the, the you know, the, the uh, sheet of glass. I don't know if you meant that like literally or... or oh i was yeah i was thinking like a literal piece of glass is transparent yeah um like i don't know what the, the next iteration is is it a slab of glass is it is it something that is maybe abstracted where it's it's glass is I, I don't know it's it's really interesting to think about but in any one of those situations there's a lot of hurdles that they have to overcome to make it work to a degree where it would replace, sorry, where it's going to replace your iPhone. Yeah, I, I think the reason that I get kind of, I, I brought up the whole like, getting rid of the iPhone thing because I think it's interesting to think about. I think it's interesting discussion. Yes. Um, and, and maybe one day, who knows? Like, I don't think, I don't like believe in like writing things off completely. The reason that I'm not on board with that idea is because, you know, you would think, oh, we have laptops. You don't need desktops anymore. But we have desktops because there's things you could do in a desktop power-wise that you can't do in a laptop. And there's mm -hmm. going to be something you can do in this form factor that's harder to do in this form factor. Mm -hmm. So 
there's there's going to be a need for the different form factors. Um, so I don't think it's going to go go in. I think actually, I, I think I have like a like a rant in, in the very first episode of Networked on fully transparent like glass phones and just how like that doesn't make any sense to me. I think it was pretty early on. I I just don't understand it. Why would I want to see my hand when I'm looking at my phone? <laughs> like I don't. It's it's almost like those clear televisions or those those yeah. TVs that are translucent that they uh, talked about last year mm-hmm. at this year at CES. Um, yeah. it's it's cool novelty. It looks very very science fictiony, like Blade Runner in a movie, but like not in real life. Yeah. Wow. It's it's certainly interesting. I really would love to know what they are going to do with this, whether it's glasses. Now you brought up something interesting, and I didn't I did not dis, uh, you know distinguish between the two. There is a AR track and there's a VR track. That's the way that I think it's being framed. Uh, no pun intended with frames. Um, so there's an, uh, there's a set of augmented reality uh, glasses and maybe a VR headset where and then maybe there's a product that combines both of them. Um, I think that, you know, using the iPhone to do augmented reality is super, super cool. Like I remember, I think it was Yelp. Who did it like way back? In, God, I was in college, so it might have been like 2008 or 2009 when the iPhone first came out. Basically, you could open up the Yelp, uh, open up the Yelp app, and open up the location, uh, like the map, and it would overlay the different places that you were looking at in Yelp on the map in front of you through the through the which I'm called uh, through the display. And it was the first uh, first application. I'm like, oh wow, that's really really cool. I'd like to see that. Um, but I don't. I guess I just don't know where. I don't know where I'm where they're gonna go with it. That's probably all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, which um, what I've been saying for five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's kind of the whole crux of the conversation. Is we don't know what they're gonna do. <laughs> yeah. It's a mystery. Uh, the, the other thing to kind of go back to the Apple Watch comparison: if my Apple Watch dies in battery, I can take it off and charge it, and it's not a big deal. Um, if yes. my glasses drain on battery, and I'm gonna charge them, I can't see for that period of time. I'm sure I could still wear the glasses with it without having power and still see. Like I'm not worried about that. Hey. Hi. <laughs> say say hi. Hello. <laughs> That's Holden. Say hi, Holden. Hi, Holden. Okay. Hello, Miles. Let Daddy finish up, okay? I'll come see you a little bit. <laughs> he got super um, excited. <laughs> no worries. He's adorable. If I take off the glasses to charge them, I can't see during that period of time. So it would have to last the whole day so I can charge it while I'm sleeping. Like it, it, With a watch, you can get away with it dying in the middle of the day. Like, oh, no, I don't get my rings the, today. Like That's about yeah. the worst that's going to happen. Oh, no, I can't see for two hours while these charges. Kind of a non-starter. Like, you can't do that. So I think the the challenges with the battery alone would signal that either maybe one... I guess there's a few options. One, you're going to get all day battery life, which I don't know how they're yeah. going to do that. That that's that's probably not feasible. Two, you're not going to wear it all the time. You're only going to be wear it for certain use cases. Like you're going to like put these mm-hmm. put these on to maybe see something, wear them for a little bit, and when you maybe put them away, you put them into something that will charge them regularly, like a case or something like that. Like oh, uh, that, they would make a nice case. They would make a really nice glasses case. I bet. I would beg to differ, buddy, on that. <laughs> 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 Touche, 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 touche. <laughs> and so maybe you put the glasses on to do something. It's very, very uh, um, like functional. Like you're doing something for a limited amount of time, and then when you're done, you put them in the case. 
and the case charges them like the spectacles did, the uh, Snapchat spectacles. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, remember that? I, I wanted oh, a pair so bad. Oh, I oh, wanted a pair so, so bad. so ugly. Why would you want those? They're so ugly. So my bright idea, to, to, to take a moment here, my bright idea was to... Google Glass came out just before I was um, just before I graduated from undergrad, and I tried to convince my wife. I'm like, I want a pair of Google Glass, so when I walk across the stage, you can get that see what I see experience because I think that was the coolest thing. Mm-hmm. And she's like, No, you can't get that. And I'm like, Okay, that's fine. But uh, like spectacles to me were like the next iteration of of Google Glass in you know in some respects for a much 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 lower cost. And I remember being in Chicago in like 2017 or 2018, and it's when the Spectacles 2 came out. I'm like, oh, they're going around to like these different malls and doing pop-ups where you could buy them. And I tried to do it, but it never worked. <laughs> Anyways, I, like I said, I digress. Um, so maybe those are the use cases they could that I could see them applying it to where it's limited use or – and maybe even the other one is that you use it, and if the battery dies, the – value that you get from it is incremental. So if you don't necessarily are losing anything where you have to charge it right away, you're like, okay, I'm not like, uh, mm-hmm. but I don't think they would go that route because you're like, I'm not buying a product to have it die and then to sit on my face still. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I don't wear my Apple watch when it's dead on power. I, it, I take it off and charge exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. And, and I think I, what you said though, actually kind of, I find interesting we do have sunglasses. We do have regular glasses. We have like reading glasses. We have, there is kind of a, a, a pretext trend. of, di- mm-hmm. yeah, a trend of different types of, of glasses. Um, but I don't think that works with a smart glasses like this. Maybe they have transition lenses. So they transition to being sunglasses, or maybe you can get a full on polarized sunglass version of it and a regular, you know, traditional yeah. transparent lens. Like maybe you could do that. But again, like if this thing's over a thousand dollars to begin with, no, I, I don't see someone buying different versions of this for different use cases because they want them while they're driving. And then I, I just don't see that. I, I don't, I don't think that works. Yeah. Like it's, it's really hard to think of a purpose built piece of hardware that you would leave on your, you know, face or wear all day long that when the battery dies, you would still leave it on. Like, I can't think of anything, right? Like yeah. sunglasses is a good example. I, I didn't even think about that reading glasses. Right. But m- the, the people that you want to get to buy this are not people who are, um, they're people who have, who have disposable income. Right. But they're not mm-hmm. people at, at the kind of the older end of the spectrum. You want people who to adopt this where they have the money and, you know, they're, they're much more, um, uh, maybe liberal with spending their money. The older people don't, they wear sunglasses or sorry, younger people wear sunglasses and uh, maybe reading glasses. I don't know. Uh, or they wear glasses full time. Yeah. Right. So it'll be interesting. It'd be interesting to yeah. see what, what Dan Riccio, uh, <laughs> Dan Riccio does. <laughs> I like that. Maybe. Yeah. And this could also be our, our most poorly aged conversation ever. <laughs> Who knows? Sure. We'll find out. Yeah. Certainly could be. I mean, if, remember if before the iPhone, people thought that the iPhone was going to be like an iPod where like it had a rotary dial to, to call people. Like that was yeah. one of the proposed rumors for the iPhone before it came out. And boy, obviously, were they wrong. So who knows? Maybe we're in a similar boat now, and we just have no idea what they're thinking. Yeah, you, um, it, yeah, it, it's it, definitely give it more thought, but it is very interesting to say the least. Yeah. Um, oh, absolutely, definitely. So next, here we have. 
uh, this is going to be Apple released iOS 14.4, iPadOS 14.4, you know, the whole family, uh, except for they did not release a new Mac software uh, yesterday, strangely enough. But uh, this is uh, iOS 14.4, and this adds several pieces of functionality. Um, One is that we have the new, uh, I would call it, sharing service between your U, let's call it U1, U1 U1-enabled iPhone and the HomePod Mini, where you can go ahead and and share music back and forth, which is actually kind of cool. There's the new uh, Unity watch faces, and there's a new Apple watch, if I'm not mistaken, as well, regarding Black Heritage Month. And uh, there's also a few features where they fixed, uh, they, sorry, there's also a few features for time to walk, which I'm not sure if you had a chance to, to check it out yet, but we used it today. It's actually very nice. And then some bugs in terms of uh, security bugs uh, that have been patched as well. I guess let's maybe break it down. So 14.4, it's available now. You should go ahead and update because if you have not, you are possibly at risk with some security bugs that are that were previous in uh, iOS and for iPadOS. Now, I don't know about uh, whether you updated or not. I think you told me before the show that you did update. Um, yep. In terms of, I guess, other new features, the other, I guess, salient feature is that now if you have an iPhone and you go and get it repaired at a, at a Apple authorized dealership, they will go ahead and the phone has the iPhone, sorry, the iPhone has the ability to uh, determine whether or not you're using Apple general uh, authorized camera parts. So that's the thing that's in there now. I haven't seen too many other features inside of iOS other than that. Um, hold on one second here. Make sure I'm just call my thing right. One second. Uh, iOS 14.4. That's good to know. I, so I actually don't know too much about 14.4 on that. But that's good to know about the validation of uh, components like that. I know that that can be seen as detrimental to like the right to repair kind of stuff. Um, however, I'll just I'll just say without getting too deep into it, I have experience in this field, um, and it is hugely beneficial to troubleshooting a product to have a guarantee that the correct components are inside of that device. If a customer is having an issue with the camera, and you know you run the diagnostics, and it's saying that the um, that things are looking good. Um, it is only able to do that if the diagnostic software is set up to work with the proper components that are supposed to be in that phone. Otherwise, it makes the diagnostic process very hard to do from Apple's end. So I I think it's just something that's good for their customers. I think that Apple offers good enough customer service support um, to begin with that that's okay by me. I wonder if there is uh, a thread of, sorry, thread, not threat, a thread of where if you were using non-genuine camera, you might have, um, there's a possibility that you could be spied on. Like, I wonder if, if there, if like, if that could happen. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like, so like what I, go ahead. ahead, Sorry. Go ahead. No, 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 you go ahead. I cut you, I cut you off. (laughs) So, uh, go ahead. (laughs) No, like, yeah, for example, like, when they turn the green light on on a Mac when you're having the video record you, um, that Mm -hmm. happens because of the hardware. It's not a software thing. I mean, it is a software thing, but, like, it's also how the the hardware is set up, where when there is power going to the camera, it has to go through that light first. So there isn't really a way to bypass that light that I'm aware of, at least. Um, You, In order to use that camera, the light has to also be on. 
it's a hardware feature, not a software feature. Yeah. Um, and it's and if you change the hardware, that security privacy benefit is lost completely. Potentially, if there is bad software in your computer along with that hardware. And, and to take that a step further, what I what I was thinking is that you know on your iPhone now, if you use uh, anytime you use the microphone or the camera, there's that light that turns up on the top right hand corner, the amber light or the green light, saying that you know camera was just used, uh, the microphone was just used. And I'm wondering yeah. if if you were possibly using a third party part, if that would not work correctly, mm-hmm. uh, because it didn't verify like that entire like uh, I would call it boot chain, but the entire sequence of parts in the chain for the camera modules, uh, which I think is yeah. interesting. So, uh, sorry, were you going to say something just there? No, no, I agree with you. Yeah. Okay. Um, so 14.4 is mostly bug fixes plus the ability to go ahead and add, uh, sorry, uh, plus the ability to go ahead and identify your Bluetooth accessories so that they can be accurately captured if you're using the measure uh, headphone levels in the health app. Oh. Other than... Yeah, so you That's can now really name. Good. Yeah, you can name your uh, your WX M one thousand M threes. God, that's such a horrible name. Anyways, um, as a <laughs> pair of headphones. Yeah, so if you look here, it says uh, this is not going to work. I don't think. See, it says device type at the very top. Oh, sorry. There's well, an Apple, Apple Watch just popped up. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go to the um, health right now and take a look. So in the Bluetooth settings, if you click on a specific oh, device, Bluetooth. it'll ask you, okay. yeah, what kind of device it is. So go that settings, Bluetooth, handy. and then click on something that's not Apple. It will say device type. Boom. It got, um, yeah, it got my headphones already too. It already recognizes headphones. Yeah. Let's see, I think Xbox what was happening. Wireless ha- controller. doesn't do it for the Xbox wireless controller. Interesting. Yeah, I think it's only um, only accessories that use that Bluetooth profile for headset. Yeah, I noticed the Bose speaker doesn't do it either. Uh, but so w- I think what was happening is that it was always it was classifying that type of speaker inside of the health app, which was leading the false measurements. Mm-hmm. So good for them. Uh, the other thing that's new this uh, in here is the ability to go ahead and hand off content music specifically from your phone your iphone to your homepod mini using you know kind of you bring it up to your uh so as you're walking close to your homepod mini the your phone starts vibrating as the proximity gets closer and then as you go to transfer it off it just it vibrates kind of strongly and then it transfers it. it's actually kind of cool and then if you bring your phone close to the homepod mini it'll also uh give you suggestions on what content to play there at that speaker, which is also very cool. So yeah, there's this handoff feature that we were just talking about where you can hand off content from your iPhone to the U1 HomePod mini, which is actually, the feature is undervalued because you can now walk from like room to room, handing stuff over, well, you know, handing stuff over from room to room, but you can hand off content from your phone to your uh, HomePod mini. I don't, you still have your HomePod mini. Do you, you still listening to it? Oh yeah, I love it. It's fantastic. I, it's also just great for voice commands, but I do use it for music and all that as well. Yeah, I agree. I found a, I, I, I don't know if this is common knowledge, but I found a new um, a new command for Siri when it comes to HomeKit lights that I found really useful. Often, I would be going from one room to another room, and I would mm-hmm. want to say, "Turn on the lights in this other room and turn off the lights in this other room." Okay, but you can't do that all as one command. You have to say, "Hey, yes." 
on command. Hey, yes, yep. off command. You can also do those. You can say, hey, yes, toggle the lights in these rooms. And it will just toggle them. If it's off, it'll be on. If it's on, it'll be off. Just say toggle. Toggle in these two rooms. Oh, wow. And it, it is good. It, yeah, I don't know if that's common knowledge or not, but I changed the way I use Siri, so I thought I would throw it out there. Yeah, so you'd say toggle the lights in the living room and the bedroom, and it'll take it'll reverse the state. Exactly, exactly. Oh, wow. Hmm, that is interesting. You know, I um, do you have hue lights? Yeah. Is that what you have? These, th- have you ever seen this? I'm like, I'm showing it to here, but you're not there. You're over here. These are, it's called the <laughs> hue button. Have you ever seen this? Uh, I haven't seen that one specifically before. So it's basically, it's a button. You can press it, either press and hold it or press it up to five times and it'll switch the lights. And mm-hmm. I, I, I have it um, underneath my desk. So when I walk in, I either hit the lights, like it just shuts off. And then it's the, oh, all the lights nice. that are around my desk. Uh, and then it's actually kind of cool. That is nice, yeah. Yeah. You can put them anywhere, too. So run off, what does it run off of? A watch battery? Yeah, watch battery. Hmm. Where's this last one at? Here we go. That looks about right. So, yeah, that's kind of cool. And it's very inexpensive. It was like 15 bucks or 20 bucks, maybe. So that's a... Um, like, yeah, I have one pin... I have one... It, it, and it's magnetic, so I have one on my refrigerator. So when I go to from my uh, kitchen down to my family room, I hit the button, and it turns on the kitchen um, accent lights and the accent lights in the family room because I have the Hue, uh, what do they call that? The Hue Play HDMI switcher. Won't they should make? Because I like that a lot. I like that. A, yeah. I like that a lot. I think it would make something like that seamless in the house is if you could get a light switch that ties into Hue, where if you flick the switch off, it doesn't actually turn off the power to the light. It just yeah, signifies yeah. to the light, turn off like it would if it was in the app. Because I I don't make the mistake, but other people who are in the house make that mistake all the time. And then the Hue light is inaccessible via the app, and it's very frustrating. Not putting any fingers, but the other person in this house is Hold the on. only other person that's in this house. So I don't know what kind of light switches you have, but if you have uh, not rocker switches, but like uh, you can put these on and they're covers. Mm-hmm. So they, they actually can't press the button. They can't hit the light switch. Yeah. It's very inexpensive. So that's the way that I, I, I guess, guard against that. Uh, it's just, it's, you know what I mean? So no one can go in there and hit the switch accidentally. Unless it's my son, he'll just rip the switch off. He doesn't care. Um, <laughs> There's but, supposed to be something but, here. Let me just rip this off the wall and try to get to it. Yeah, they do make uh, they do make the switches that you're talking about that are um, uh, that will they're kind of like dummy switches where they are wired, but they're only wired to power on and you can hit the state and it'll just change the state of the lights. Uh, the third component to the iOS 14.4 update is going to be the um, the security patches. So Apple said is giving strong suggestions or strong recommendations that everyone should update uh, to iOS 14.4 to fix three security patches, which they believe were possibly exploited in the wild. They haven't said where they got the information from that the security exploits existed. And they gave the person who identified it anonymity. So I just think that's interesting where, yeah. So I guess it didn't come from the white hat team or the white team. Um, but it's interesting that 
you know, you could have been someone who had been possibly impacted by this and you never would have known. And now the person has anonymity. Um, I guess it's just interesting in that, that respect. So if you're out there, update your iPhones because you don't want to be a victim. Yep. I always tell people when it comes to security, update your devices because there's no such thing as an impenetrable computer. Yeah. Workarounds will always be found. You just got to keep updating your device so that the discovered workarounds are, are patched in. Yeah. So very, here very from important. it's just a general rule of thumb. Yep. Let's see here. So as uh, reading from TechCrunch, it is not known who is actively exploiting these vulnerabilities or who might have fallen victim. Actum did not say if the attack was targeted against a small subset of users or users in a wider attack. They granted anonymity to the individual submitting the bug. The advisory said. Two of the bugs were found in WebKit, so no matter what browser you use, whether it's Safari, Chrome, Edge, it doesn't matter what browser it is, if you're using it on your iPhone, your iPad, your Apple Watch, they all use WebKit as the underlying uh, technology layer that that allows web browsing to be, uh, I guess, possible. Um, some successful exploits use sets of vulnerabilities chained together rather than a single flaw. It's not uncommon for attackers to first target vulnerabilities in the device's browsers the way they get access to the underlying operating system. So... Uh, they have additional details coming soon, but no timeline for when that is. It's kind of crazy that like you could think about how locked down their phone is from a um, from a security standpoint, but still that you know people are pretty crafty, and where there's a will, there's a way. They're going to find out how to hack the phone, right? And mm-hmm. it, maybe it, go, it goes even to uh, another layer where. Just starting this year, if I'm not mistaken, in iOS uh, in iOS 14, they started giving security researchers access to um, not unlocked, but uh, to to uh, iPhones as security devices to do research on. Where previous to this year they did not do that. So that's you know that's very good that they're doing this um, because it's always better to have someone check your work. That's I guess that's the the uh, mm-hmm. the lesson here. Yeah. Some of these people will pay out big money. Like if you are a white hat, um, white hat hacker, and you go to like a Microsoft or an Apple or a Google and say, "Hey, I found a way into your system. This is how I did." You can document it and show them how it was done. This, it, depending on the severity of the bug, I mean, you might be getting paid hundreds of thousands of dollars for yeah. reporting that to those companies. Like they pay out big. Yeah. Here it says last month, Internet Watchdog Citizen Lab, sorry, Citizen Lab found. Dozens of journalists who had their iPhones hacked with a previously unknown vulnerability to install spyware developed by Israeli-based NSO group. Um, yeah, super interesting. Update your iPhones because you don't want to be a victim. Though I would imagine, I mean, if if these bugs were this, uh, could be this rare, that they're probably being done by like state-sponsored agencies or higher. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not. It's not the kid from your Seven Eleven who's breaking your phone. No, it's not Elliot Alderson. It's not Mister Robot. He's not doing that. Elliot. Oh, oh, what a good flashback. Good flashback. So, last and certainly not final. After our last recording, there was the rumor published by Mark Erman the very next day. He must have been listening to our podcast. I think that's what it was. Uh, where there are new MacBook Airs on the horizon and MagSafe making a comeback. So the thought is. And actually, and and that Apple is ditching the uh, the Touch Bar, which is kind of strange. Um, so I guess maybe let's unpack this one at a time. So first is Apple is building a thinner, lighter, 
MacBook Air, which is actually kind of crazy because the MacBook Air is already light. I think it's like 2.5 or 2.6 pounds. I mean, it's it's not necessarily a, you know, it's not a four pound computer like a, a uh, sorry, like a MacBook Pro, but it's not heavy, by, I think, by any means. Um, what is interesting that they want to make it lighter. Now, that, I guess, I don't know how they can make it lighter uh, other than kind of maybe shrinking some components to make it substantially lighter. But what I think is interesting is that there is this entire rumor around there's a 14-inch fourteen uh, inch MacBook coming this year. There's thinner and lighter Macs and there's MagSafe. Now, I'm not saying that those are all related or sorry, not that they're the three separate, but they could be certainly related in a single product, not necessarily the same product uh, or sorry, in a single product, not necessarily uh, different products. It would be really cool when you think about that intersection of uh, the, what was it, a 12-inch MacBook that they made? The You know, just the single port MacBook they made for like maybe two years and they got rid of it. You yeah. have a return, a return of a MacBook uh, in that form factor that was a hybrid device, something like the iPad, you know, we talked about this before, like the iPad Pro with a keyboard that bridges both Mac OS and iPad OS from a usability perspective. Um, what do you think about the MacBook Air being redesigned? You're not a MacBook Air user, right? No, I'm a MacBook Pro. I have a 15-inch MacBook Pro. Um, I obviously it's going to happen eventually. They're going to redesign the MacBook Air, so like that's like an, an inevitability. Um, one thing that I just kind of hope that they keep is the battery life of the MacBook Air currently with the M1 chip in it, because that was one of the huge benefits. Is it was an 18-hour battery life, which was it's that's just insane. And if they introduce that really high battery life and then the next year they're like, well, it's now down to 15 because we wanted to make it thinner. I think most people would have rather have had the 18 hour battery life. So I just hope that they're keeping that in mind and they are able to do that with this next generation MacBook Air. Um, Though the part that I find the most fascinating about these rumors, though, are more related to the pro. I I guess. Yeah, I guess it'd be related more to the pro. And that's more I.O. ports and no touch bar yeah that is wild first of all i i stand for that touch bar i know that might not be the most popular opinion it seems like most people don't like the touch bar i think it's awesome i actually really really enjoy the touch bar i use the notes app a lot on my mac and i love being able to change the um this the style the font or change um, the check box, um, the having like check boxes and kind of those quick toggles. I like having that right there on the keyboard. I like yeah. having emojis on the keyboard. I think there's a lot of great utility in that, um, and I don't think it detracts from the experience. One one thing, however, that could make me okay with the touch bar going away is if it's going away in favor of keys with leds on them so that they can change the meaning of each key mm. but i don't that's not being rumored so i'm just gonna go ahead and assume it's that's not gonna happen yeah i think one of the other things that are in here so talking about the macbook air is that i guess both the macbook air and the macbook pro would both adopt magsafe and you know j- just before we talked about uh mm or just the the episode before we talked about how a MacBook could possibly integrate MagSafe, quote unquote MagSafe charging, but not as a, um, 
not as a way that you would charge the MacBook, but as a way that the MacBook would charge other things in it. And I don't know if people necessarily are, again, if they're maybe drawing the line between those two things, maybe it's just a, um, maybe they're being conflated where, oh, they're going to bring MagSafe back to the iPad or to the uh, MacBook Pro. Well, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I, I think the problem with MagSafe as it was in the previous version is they, they couldn't get the um, the throughput in the, the the amount of charging that's needed for the MacBook in the you know it's like mm-hmm. 96 watt charger I don't know if they can do that with MagSafe so I think it would be super interesting if they were to do it the way that you had suggested in that uh, it was a um, patent filing mm-hmm. um, I don't know I guess from a, um, the MacBook Air standpoint I would be li- I would like to see how they can make it thinner and lighter. Um, I don't think Mac, I, I actually never liked MagSafe. I don't, I don't know about you. It was cool because you could like trip over it and it would never do anything. You're like, oh wow, this just came out. Awesome. But that's not the same, uh, the way that MagSafe is implemented today, it doesn't afford you the same luxuries. Like if you trip on your cable, you pull your phone down with it, right? Uh, if you trip on your MagSafe yeah. charger to your watch, sure. it, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know. So it I would be interesting. Benefit- in this implementation would be if you're just kind of slapping this magnet to the back of your MacBook, you could at least have a port freed so that you don't you can charge and still have all four ports. Uh, mm. Just with the assumption you're still with the four USB-C ports, obviously that might change based on the rumors, but I think it still stands either way that you know you can charge and still have those ports freed, which is kind of nice. Um, I still would like power through USB-C though. Because like my monitor, for example, plugs in through USB-C and it charges my computer. I wouldn't want that to yes. go away. Um, 100% don't want that to go away. Um, but I do think that would be nice to have MagSafe come back in that capacity. My concern would be scratching the back of my MacBook with a magnet charger on the back of it. Like how how would that work? Do wait, sorry. Did, I, I might have not read that, did, or I might have taken that. Did they talk about where the charger would be on the back, or is that just? I'm assuming that because oh, of okay. that, I'm basically combining the patent from last week or the week before when we talked about yep. um, things kind of stacking in the back. Like that's MagSafe technically, so why wouldn't it just slap on the back in that case? And that kind of is, I think, now the modern interpretation of what MagSafe is: is a magnet, excuse me, that just attaches itself to the computer, as opposed to going into a port in some way. Yeah, and you actually brought a very good point. I didn't even think about an external display because um, when, like, previous to the 2016 Mac, when you had Thunderbolt 2, I'm trying to think, could you do power and data over Thunderbolt 2? I think you had to have a separate charger. Yeah, USB-C, I think, was the first to allow both at the same time. Yeah, I think, I think. It actually seems like it would be backwards to go to... MagSafe charging, at, like the way that it used to be on a MacBook, uh, and then still have to plug in a separate cable for a display because now they can do mm-hmm. power and data over both. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, this there's a lot about this rumor that is just overall very strange to me. It doesn't like gel, um, and that's I think that that's that's among them. Um, Apple doesn't go back like this. That's just not how they operate for the most part. And, like, maybe they go back on one of these. Are they going to go back on all of these? 
Yeah, like they also talked about. I don't think so. They also talked about where uh, the Mac would also get access to the SD card. I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't. I mean, as much as I would love to have the SD card back on the Mac, I don't know. I think that ship has sailed. Yeah, I, I honestly, I think that I don't know. Like, I don't use SD cards a lot, so like that this might just be me being totally out of whack here. But I feel like of these, that seems like the most likely on a pro machine only. Yes. Like, I don't see it coming to the MacBook Air. I, I, don't, I don't I just don't see the point. Um, but for a professional, like, maybe they want to have that there for professionals, and that's the I.O. port they're going to add. Because I, refu- I refuse to believe they're going to put a USB-A port on a future computer. Like, no no way. That's crazy. Um, and, sorry, I didn't yeah. mean to cut you off. Go ahead. No, that was, that was it. That was the end. Yeah, and, like, the thing about the, the SD card is that in its current capacity, like SD cards are not even really used on modern cameras, like on, on modern things. Yes, my, my camera that uh, I'm using right here uses an SD card. My audio recorder uses an SD card. But if you're buying, a, you know, a pro machine because you have a pro workflow, there's a pretty good chance that your workflow, that your computer, whatever that that, uh, that peripheral is, doesn't use an SD card. Like they use either um, CFast cards, which are a different form of SD cards, but they're just... they. They're shaped a little bit differently, um, so maybe it's not an SD card in the in the sense that you and I are talking about it, and maybe it's just like that newer version. Mm-hmm. Uh, it it yeah, it doesn't make sense. No, it I doesn't make sense. It's like yeah, it's like, it's just like a different port, like FireWire and Thunderbolt kind of thing. Like they're just different ports. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. This, this this whole thing is is really strange to me. Um, I don't know. I just don't know. The the whole USB-A and USB-C thing is actually something I'm kind of passionate about. Part one of the job I one of the jobs I had recently um just involved me going to a lot of different Best Buy stores. I was a I was a vendor and I would go to different Best Buy stores and um mm-hmm. it and I just, it just dawned on me like every time I'd see them talking to customers about PCs, I'm like they always have USB-A ports on them. Always. I can't think of a PC off the top of my head that has purely USB-C as its I.O. It's always a combination of USB-C and USB-A. I'm like, that's why the industry is not moving predominantly towards USB-C exclusively, because you can't buy a PC with USB-A um, excluded completely. It just, it's not the, the primary... It's the most options customers have in the PC space, PC space don't allow for it. And so that's why you're still seeing a lot of flash drives that are just USB-A. And you're not seeing that mass adoption of USB-C. It's holding it back. And I can't see Apple changing that and not making USB-C the sole main I.O. port on a computer because I feel like that would hurt the adoption of, of USB-C. But I think flash cards or SD cards, I should say, is an ex- is an uh, um, an exception to that. It's just a different use case altogether. So let me uh, let me tell you something. As someone who has bought, uh, who's let me tell bought you something, <laughs> let me tell you something. So as someone who has <laughs> bought a, a MacBook Pro every year or every release, probably. Um, since 2014, if I had spent all that money upgrading my peripherals from USB-A to USB-C into Thunderbolt, and then for them to backtrack, I would be so angry because 
Like, why would they do that in the first place? Because you now just made your this entire pain point of people upgrading and spending this money on hardware and peripherals that to support this, you know, these new throughputs and whatever the case is with Thunderbolt, only to go back and say, you know what, I guess maybe we we didn't want to make you do this in the first place. Or here's this is like a uh, uh, like a mail culpa. We messed up. Here you go. I, I would actually be I would actually be upset because it has costed mm-hmm. you know um, hundreds of dollars, if not more. In that fact that now I have to go ahead and spend this, uh, you know, now I have to find either different peripherals because now there's space wasted on the on the ports on this Mac for USB A when you know there's not even a, there's not even a lot of things that use USB A anymore. Like why do I have to wait? It's just it's really infuriating. I hope they don't do it. I really hope they don't do it. Yeah, the SD card is uh, again. I I understand people's. Um, why they are tied to you know keeping the SD card? I was just looking for my SD card reader because I just had it here a moment ago. Uh, but it's like a twenty five dollar accessory. Just get over it and buy the accessory. Like you you need to move forward. Like you as an SD card owner, move forward, buy the dongle, and it, that's it. Right? Uh, I, I feel strongly about it because it's people like you said, people that will are holding on to this older technology that are holding the rest of us back. Right? Uh, from mm-hmm them being able to release new uh, new or hardware with new features on it. I would be so mad if that did it. Yeah, I hear the 30-pin connectors coming back on the iPhone. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, you know, Mike, we're going to bring back FireWire to, uh, was it 400, 800? Is it, four, is it 200, 400? I'm trying to think what it was. 400, 800. Yeah, we're going to bring back FireWire 400 just because, you know, John over there in Kansas City, he needs it to go ahead and connect to his printer. I don't like, know, do you watch 30 Rock? This is relevant, I promise. Uh, I haven't watched Thirty Rock in a very long time. There's um, one of Liz's uh, boyfriends is a pager salesman because technology <laughs> is cyclical. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It like comes in waves. It's cyclical. It comes right back again. Pagers are back on their way. <laughs> I've never seen that episode, but I could totally see that happening. Yeah. Um, Dennis. That was his name. Dennis. It's hilarious. Yeah, pagers are cyclical. That's gonna be the show title. <laughs> no, 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 sorry. Technology is cyclical. Show title. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's actually that's a, that's a good one, Holden. I like that. Um, I mean, uh, Tina Fey came up with that one, not me. But <laughs> well, I know, but you, you, but you brought it here. Um, I mean, like, you, like there, there was. Where was that article that you sent me? Was it from uh, Nine to Five Mac, where they showed like a mock-up? Yeah, of, of the, with the USB A on it. It's horrible looking. I, I, wait, was it the USB or was it the SD card reader that was in there? I, I don't remember. I think it had both. Let me see. There, I did see a mock-up recently. Um, it was Mac Rumors. Oh, Mac Rumors has the SD card, but I did see one. I think it was nine to five Mac where they have a USB A port. I'm like, no, <laughs> just no. Yeah, don't do so, it. So, in this picture, hold on one second here. I hope I can do this without like messing up the thing I did last time. Um. One second. I gotta find this. I gotta find this mock-up now. If I keep going, sorry. Network screen share. Cool. So in this mock-up, you see the picture of this SD card, right? And so this is a modern MacBook, right? Modern MacBook Pro. Uh, it's got two USB-C ports or Thunderbolt ports along the back uh, right-hand side, and then next to it, it has an SD card reader, which technically this isn't even feasible because this uh, this subsystem for the speakers takes up almost this entire portion of the chassis. Like you would never be able to do this or likely wouldn't be able to do this without changing something else. 
Like this is silly. You you wouldn't move the speakers down because that would change the way they looked. It's just I think it's it's just a silly design or silly you know mock up because it might look like oh yeah we're gonna do this but I don't I don't think that's feasible at all. Um, I'm sorry I'm very passionate about the SD card not coming back. <laughs> I don't. No, want this thing. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to find this mock up I found I I can't find it. But it just, like you with the SD card, it just, like, made my skin crawl. I'm like, oh, no. Like, we, we might as well go back to zip disks. Yeah. Let, let, let me get my floppy disk drive. <laughs> like, when's the last, like, to your point, when is the last time they backtracked this hard? Like, so yeah, I, I agree. I can't think of one. They I, know there are, a, I know there are times they've done it, but I can't yeah. think of one off the top of my head. Well, you got the iPhone getting a little bit thicker. Right, got a little mm-hmm. bit thicker for battery life. You have uh, they backtracked on the Mac Pro design, the 2013 Mac Pro design to go to the yeah. new Mac Pro. But there, um, I mean, there's not a lot. There's maybe a handful, and they're not, and they're not core aspects of interacting with with something. Well, the, the Mac Pro is right because they went from the, cil- the cylindrical or the cylinder Mac Pro which was just a horrible, horrible design decision because of the heat it created mm-hmm. uh, to the back to the tower, the cheese grater. Yeah. I guess what I meant by that is on a mass scale. Mac Pro is so oh. niche. Ah, but I yeah, you're you. right. That is a massive uh, backtrack. You're right. Yeah. So, I don't know. Uh, I'm... I really don't like this. This, yeah. this way of thinking. <laughs> I guess the one I, on their own, I can see like a justification for each one on their own. It's just all together at once is what's weird to me. It'd be like if they released an iPhone with a headphone jack back in it again. Like it just, I just don't yes. foresee that. That's it. That is okay. That's just one they did backtrack on is they did technically backtrack on 3d touch, but they have haptic touch to give you the same functionality. Okay. Um, is that really backtracking though? Is it just like a different way of solving? The... Yeah, yeah, that's a good, yeah, that's a good point. It's a different way of solving the same problem. Yeah, like they're they're doing it through the. Um, I think they're just solving that problem differently. Yeah, but to your point, if they were to bring back the headphone port or the headphone jack, that would be completely backtracking. You know what? We yeah. were wrong about the headphone jack missing from the iPhone. <laughs> we're gonna bring it back for you. Yeah, that's not gonna happen. Yeah. Uh, anything else holding that we want to add here? <clears throat> you know, I think that that covers it. Um, that, that covers it. We've talked a lot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah those that we yeah we covered a lot. This I think might be our longest episode yet. It sure is. It sure is. Holden, where can everyone find you at? I am on Twitter at Holden Depardo. Uh, I'm also on a video game podcast called Respawn Aim Fire, which is. It's a video game podcast. We talk about video games. So you can find out my hot takes on video games there. Holden, I want to thank you very much for joining me today. Everyone else out there, thank you very much. Have a good night, and we'll talk to you guys in the next one. Toodles. Toodles. <laughs>